Welcome to the Power of Food podcast. We are so excited to bring you evidence-based nutrition information focusing on addressing the root cause for imbalance. Food has the power to help you achieve lifelong optimal health without the side effects of prescription medication. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or any other podcast platform. I am Stacy Seslowski, Functional Nutrition Registered Dietitian. And I am Leah Grace Barrett, Functional Nutritionist. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Power of Food podcast, episode number 11. Stacy and I are really excited to bring this podcast to you guys because we're going to be talking all about stress and anxiety and depression and mental health, which is a huge topic, especially relevant to the year 2020, which I think we can all agree with. Um, before we get going, though, we are also very excited to announce that we have our first show sponsor, and that is Pay. Bagels, which we have actually mentioned on the podcast before because we're such big fans of them. But Pagels are paleo bagels. And so they're bagels made without grains. And they have some really awesome ingredients that Stacy's going to talk about in a second that is nutritionist approved for both of us. We both enjoy, we both, you know, tell our clients to get the Pagels if they're looking for a healthier bagel option. Something that I've been doing lately I just made an awesome egg sandwich with my Pagel. It was the Everything Pagel, which is my favorite um, favorite one. That one and the cinnamon raisin is also awesome. But I put the Everything Pagel and I put some avocado on there. I put a fried egg and what else did I put on there? I put some arugula and oh. it was so good. I could eat that for breakfast every day. So I've been loving my Pagels and I know, Stacy, you love them too. Do you want to talk about the ingredients a little bit? Yes. The reason that they caught my eye to begin with was, number one, that they didn't have any guar gum or any of those ingredients that when we read, we don't recognize as food. So they were all whole food, unprocessed ingredients like um, almond flour, um, yeast, salts, seeds, onion, garlic, and poppy seeds, all things that we recognize as whole foods. And anytime that we can choose foods that are whole and unprocessed, we are in, um, avoiding some of the inflammation that would be caused when, our when we eat things that our body doesn't recognize as food. So I really love this gluten-free, dairy-free um, option that you know, contains all these whole and unprocessed ingredients. Definitely. And if you guys are interested and you want to try them yourselves, we actually have a 10% off promo code for you. If you use POF10, so Power of Food 10, as your promo code when you check out, you'll get 10% off your first order. And then they also have a deal for your first bagels that you order ever. You get half off your second bagel pack. So buy one, get one half off. And then if you use POF10, you'll get an additional 10% off your order. So we'd love to hear if you guys end up trying them and how you like them. They really do taste like bagels, <laughs> in my opinion. I know you you probably agree with that too, Stacey. Um, I do. Yes. So we are getting back to our weekly share. Um, so this week I'm sharing something that I have been using to help with my own stress and anxiety because it's something that I've been dealing with as well. And if you're watching us, you can see in the screen, but it's essentially lavender 
from Herb Farm Company. It's organic and you basically just, it's a tincture and you put it in any liquid that you're drinking and it just helps calm your nervous system, which we're going to talk about more later, but I love lavender. And so I've been using it, you know, all this week. I've recommended it to some of my clients who are also dealing with stress and anxiety. Um, So that is my share. I love that. Yeah. And I know um, even that using that as an essential oil and rubbing it on yourself or breathing it in like sort of before you go to bed at night, um, you know, that's a a really great tool for uh, relieving stress for sure. But I love the idea of mixing it into a drink of like and just sipping that. I didn't even think of that. So really good idea. Um, My share has to do with food. Uh, I have been using these. I've always looked for marinades and sauces that also contain those whole and unprocessed ingredients rather than I know I've gotten into the habit of just cooking everything from scratch because it's so hard to find things that don't have those on those processed ingredients. But these two sauces that I've been loving this week, they're from the Primal Kitchen. One is the tomato basil and the other is an Alfredo sauce. And if you look at their ingredients, they are all whole unprocessed, just like I described before for the pagels. Um, But like, for example, the tomato basil has diced tomatoes and tomato puree and basil and avocado oil, garlic, oregano, those kind of ingredients. And there is nothing in there that is unrecognizable or, you know, added um, preservatives or chemicals or anything like that. So, and the taste is so good. It's as if you made it from scratch. So maybe they could be our next sponsor, but (laughs) I do really like that. Um, the tomato basil from the Primal Kitchen and the Alfredo. Those are the two sauces I've been really excited about. And it, it makes my life a little easier to have a pre-made sauce every once in a while. <laughs> totally. I need to try those. I haven't tried either of those flavors. I have tried their mayo. They have a good avocado yes. oil-based mayo, yes. which I recommend to people also if good. they want to make it home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's good to know. I will have yeah. to try those. Yeah. Um, so awesome. So let's just jump right in and start talking about this massive topic that most people can relate to nowadays, which is stress and anxiety and depression and mental health. So we're going to start by talking a little bit about how the gut microbiome is related to stress and anxiety. And we've talked about this a little bit in past shows when we're talking about the gut brain connection, but we'll do a little overview of that as well. So basically, the gut-brain connection is very real. And what's happening in your gut is actually kind of termed as a second brain, and it really impacts your brain function. So research actually shows that if you have some kind of irritation in your gut, it actually can trigger mood changes and anxiety and depression. And on the same note, when people take care of their gut problems, that's actually been shown to improve stress, anxiety, and depression. So we have these trillions of bacteria in our gut that do so many different things where the research is exploding about this. And I think we're just going to keep learning more and more. Um, But it's, you know, shown that when people have dysbiosis or overgrowth, or they don't have enough diversity, that can negatively impact their brain health and, you know, their serotonin levels, because most of our serotonin is made 
made in our gut. So the gut-brain connection is very real. And when people are struggling with stress and anxiety and depression, I always look at gut health first. Um, what do you think about that, Stacey? Do you have anything to add? Yeah, no, um, it's it's so interesting how the bacteria in our gut is what releases those hormones like serotonin and dopamine, and they go directly to our brain and impact our feelings, whether we're happy or sad or nervous. Um, so it and, and the research, like you said, has been shown that the types of bacteria will tell which hormones are being released. So um, there are many people who will take like, let's say a stool test, which will tell you the types of bacteria that live in your gut. And when they have an overgrowth of opportunistic bugs, that's what is the dysbiosis. Dysbiosis is when you have an over um, active, let's say opportunistic bugs and less of the, um, I don't know, the, I hate using the word beneficial bugs, but um, when the opportunistic bugs like sort of take over, then we have um, the types of hormones that make us less happy. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if I explained that well. Nate, can you? Yeah. No, I think you did. Like the the good guys is kind of how yeah. I, I say it. I know that's not really the most scientific term, but it's easy for people to understand. The good guys are responsible for serotonin production, production which is our happy hormone. Um, also GABA, which helps calm our nervous system. And if there's imbalances, you know that can. Uh, create less of those, but also it can contribute to inflammation and inflammation in and of itself can contribute to stress and anxiety also. So it's kind of a double whammy. And also if people have leaky gut, which a lot of people do, that can also contribute to inflammation as well. So it's the microbiome, but it's also the integrity of the gut and the overall health of the gut that really impacts mood and stress and how we deal with anxiety and all of that. Yeah, and it's interesting because food can directly impact our emotions by number one, we can eat the right foods that give us the nutrients we need to be able to make things like serotonin and dopamine. Number two, food can feed the bacteria in our gut to make sure that we have enough of the healthy, good bacteria that will release serotonin. And um, number three, if we don't have the right foods, like you said, it will cause some types of inflammation and that inflammation will directly impact our stress chemistry and our mood. So um, I always love to bring back the idea of the power of food in all of this and explaining how um, you know food impacts the gut bacteria and then the gut bacteria impacts our mood. So it's it's a, it's, it's a direct relation. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, food as medicine, the power of food, it's so true. People, even, you know, people who eat like a standard American diet and they switch over and they start incorporating more veggies and fruits and whole grains and well-sourced meats and, and um, fats, good fats, 
they, you know, have major increases in happiness, mood levels, stability, all of that. So it doesn't have to be some crazy protocol that you go on, some gut healing thing, not to say that's not helpful, but a whole foods diet can really do wonders, especially if you're coming from a pretty processed diet that's high in inflammatory fats and sugars and that kind of thing. So um, I really, really love to talk about this topic because again, so many people struggle with it and food is so powerful. So do you want to talk a bit about serotonin and dopamine and GABA and kind of what those are and how our body makes them? Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, it's funny because I feel like most people have heard of the word hormone, right? And hormone, it's kind of like a text message that your body is sending. It just literally like tells your body what to do. Um, and not as many people are familiar with the no, with the word neurotransmitter. Um, neurotransmitter is basically a hormone. It's a text message that your body is sending to, to tell your body to act in a certain way. Um, but the difference between a hormone and a neurotransmitter is that the neurotransmitter has something to do with the brain and the nervous system, whereas the hormones might not necessarily have anything to do with the nervous system. Um, so the serotonin and dopamine and GABA, these chemicals that we've been mentioning, they are all neurotransmitters. So they're basically hormones that are stem from the nervous system. And they do impact the way that we feel, the way that we react to things. So they are directly related to our happiness, our sadness, our nervousness, anxiousness, all that kind of stuff. Um, serotonin is kind of like the happy one. Uh, dopamine also has something to do with our happiness and sadness um, and you know, emptiness, all of these are sort of like related in so many ways. GABA is the one that keeps us calm and relaxed and helps us fall asleep at night. Um, so when there is an imbalance in these, we are absolutely feel less happy or less or more sad or more anxious or unable to sleep. Um, and again, we're going to use food to help our body create these, these hormones or neurotransmitters. We're also going to use food to impact the gut bacteria to make those neurotransmitters. And finally, we're gonna use food to reduce the inflammation so that we don't have extra stress. So that's kind of my big overview. Um, maybe maybe talk on, let us know like sort of what foods we can eat to create serotonin and stuff like that. Yeah, so that was an awesome overview. Thank you for that. So serotonin, as you said, is really the happy hormone and the happy neurotransmitter. 90% of the serotonin in our bodies is made in the gut, which is just mind boggling. And so it really helps with stabilizing mood, our feelings of well-being, as you were mentioning. And so serotonin has a, what we call a precursor, which is what turns into serotonin in the body. And this is an amino acid, which is a building block of protein called tryptophan. And most people have probably heard of this because it's what everyone talks about with Thanksgiving when we get really tired after our meal, which side note has more to do with the calories you're eating and like alcohol than <laughs> Less to do with turkey. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the turkey. Turkey does have tryptophan, um, but it's not going to make you like take a nap after your Thanksgiving <laughs> meal. Um, but yeah, so we want to make sure that we're eating enough tryptophan. So that's turkey, nuts, cheese, red meat, eggs, soy products, and salmon all have tryptophan, which again is the precursor to serotonin. And certain foods do have serotonin in them, but it's not like we eat these foods foods and then it automatically acts as serotonin in the body. You need like vitamin B6 and some other processes processes to happen. Um, but these foods are bananas and pineapples are two that have, um, have serotonin in them. Dopamine is more the feel-good hormone. So, you know, this plays a role in how we feel pleasure. It keeps us focused. Um, it helps us find things interesting and rewarding. So, like, this is why Instagram is so addicting because, like, you go on and it, it's that dopamine rush. So dopamine, um, it goes through a couple different processes as well. And for dopamine, we need something called tyrosine, which is another amino acid. And this can be found in cheese, in meats, in fish, in dairy, in soy, um, also seeds and nuts, beans and lentils are all great for this. Um, we also need magnesium for this process as well. So dark leafy greens, nuts and seeds, uh, beans and whole grains are all great. GABA, as you mentioned, has a calming effect. So this is an inhibitory process. We probably all need a little bit more GABA in our lives um, to help promote the calm. But this isn't really found in food as much, but it is found in fermented foods. So again, fermented foods are also great for gut health, but these are things like kimchi, miso, tempeh, and that kind of thing. So some people do choose to supplement with these. Definitely check with your healthcare provider to see if that's right for you. Um, but some people do choose to supplement with GABA just because it is a little bit harder to get from food. Um, did you have any foods or anything you wanted to add to that, Stacey? Yeah, um, just that the only thing is, um, even though it's not GABA is not in food, there's definitely things that we could eat to help your body promote the conversion of something called glutamate to GABA. So if you ever heard of like taking magnesium glycinate before you go to sleep or even drinking bone broth, which has glycine in it, those are just some examples of things that will help that conversion from something called glutamate to GABA. So, um, but yeah, you gave a great overview. Um, I think you mentioned all the foods that I had besides chocolate. You yes. didn't mention but chocolate is another one that can promote the uh, production of serotonin and dopamine. Um, but other than that, I think you got them all. Um, yeah. And then the next sort of um, direction to go in is what can we do in our lifestyle and our behavior to also um, promote the bacteria in our gut that's going to release serotonin and um, the ability of our body to really balance these neurotransmitters. And just one example is keeping a really good, healthy circadian rhythm. So circadian rhythm is basically the rhythm that our body goes through when we have energy in the morning, in the middle of the day, and then we sort of start to get a little bit more tired towards the evening. And the, having that pattern with circadian rhythm is especially healthy for um, not only 
ourselves to maintain our energy levels and the healthy processes that our body has to go through all throughout the day, but it also maintains the circadian rhythm of the bacteria that live in our gut. So they also follow a circadian rhythm along with us. And again, the uh, research has shown that people who have fragmented sleep or uh, less duration of sleep, then they have, um, they have more of those opportunistic bugs in their gut, which I said before was linked to less serotonin and dopamine and those other neurotransmitters. So just keeping a healthy circadian rhythm and promoting the good rhythm of those back, um, gut bacteria is just another lifestyle modification to include along with your diet as a means of um, creating good energy, good, um, happy and sad, uh, good, you know, emotions and less stress. Totally. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And a couple of my favorite hacks to just share really quick to help with that circadian rhythm mm -hmm. are to go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning. So weekend, weekday, keep it consistent. And then when you wake up, if you can get outside without sunglasses, get exposure to the sun, even if it's cloudy out for 10 to 15 minutes, go for a walk if you can. And that just helps signal to your brain that it's morning, you have increased cortisol then, it will help wake you up. And then also just really focusing on sleep hygiene before you go to bed. So avoiding blue light from technology, winding down, maybe drinking some lavender tea, reading a book, doing whatever you need to kind of relax, deep breathing. Um, and then my other favorite one is to wear blue blocking glasses throughout the day. So essentially these are just glasses that you get. They're not a prescription and they just block the blue light on your screen. So a lot of technology now actually has an option to go into what they call night mode. So you can also set that on your computer or on your phone, which I do. I think it goes off at like Set, or actually you can set it to sunset now that I'm thinking about it. So your computer will automatically shift to kind of a more orange or yellow hue. But on top of that, throughout the day, I like to wear my glasses, especially when I'm on the computer a lot. And that just helps um, the blue light not really disrupt your circadian rhythm as much. So those are a few of my favorite hacks for that. Yeah, great ones. And the more that we can, I kind of like to look at those things almost like a checklist. And the more we can check off that we're doing, then the better off our circadian rhythm would be, the better off, you know, so many people complain about fatigue and loss of energy. And sometimes it's as easy as this, you know, like it seems overwhelming. And it seems like, why can't I figure out why I'm tired all the time? And it's, sometimes it's just these easy tweaks that really can impact the way that they feel all day long. So yeah, great list. Um, so we've talked about the gut microbiome. We've talked about foods and we've talked about the circadian rhythm and that kind of lifestyle modification. One thing I wanted to also bring up is that our nervous system has these sort of two processes. One of them is fight or flight. And that's a healthy process to have because we do have to, you know, have the ability to fight and to defend and to handle stress and challenges and things like that. Um, but we just don't want that to be overemphasized all day and all night. Um, the other process that our body has is rest and digest. And it's important that we 
um, intentionally push our body into that sort of rest and digest process uh, while we're eating so that we have good digestion and metabolism while we're getting ready to go to sleep at night. And um, it's just, it's really important to know that sometimes it's, it's in our own control to, um, to choose which process our body is going to take. So although we're faced with stress, constant stress all the time with what's going on you know, in our families, in our homes, in our lives, and in the world, um, it's still within our control to force our body into that process of rest and digest throughout the day in order to give our bodies a break from this constant work and constant stress that we're faced with. What, um, what, do, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think you said that so well, especially the part where you mentioned that our fight or flight sympathetic nervous system aspect, it's good, right? It's just like inflammation where it's there to keep us alive. And, mm -hmm. you know, when we were running away from tigers and had <laughs> these crazy acute stressors, like that's really what helped keep us alive and, you know, progress. But the problem is that now most people similar to inflammation have chronic low grade excess cortisol, excess stress, their bodies never fully relax. And it's really hard to kind of take a step back from the busy, busy, busy of day to day with work. And if you have kids and, you know, finding out what to eat and everything, you know, to kind of take a step back and really slow down. And like you said, just kind of like force your body to do this because eventually once you start doing it and getting in the routine, your body will crave it. And then you'll be able to tune in more and notice when you're getting really stressed out that you need to take the time to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So we can talk about some ways to do that. Um, unrelated to food, we already mentioned a lot of food ways, but there are so many stress management strategies out there. Um, we talk about it all the time in the yeah. podcast, but a lot of them are worth repeating. And I'm sure we have some new ones today that we'll discuss that we haven't brought up yet. Um, but we'll just jump right in with those because I think those can be really helpful for people just to have a list and pick and choose what stands out to you. So the first one that I'm going to share is to find something that brings you joy. So something that you love doing, whether you already know it or you have to find out what you're passionate about or what you're interested in or what makes you happy because it's so easy to get in this routine of waking up, going to work, coming home, watching TV, going to bed and not really doing anything that makes you happy. And so that's like my number one thing is to find something that brings you joy and prioritize it. Put it on your to-do list if you need to really make an effort to do that because um, life is short and we want to enjoy it. So that's my first one. What about you, Stacey? Yes, I totally agree with that. And actually, I really love that as being your number one because it's so easy to forget that, you know, it's just like you said, you get into this routine, you have so many responsibilities, like who has the time to, you know, to include something fun every single day. But um, even if it's just a few minutes, find a hobby, or I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, the other one that I always recommend is because um, it's rest and digest is so important to your metabolism. I always recommend before you're about to eat, to put down your work and to you know think about eating mindfully and uh, appreciate what you're eating 
focus on it, enjoy it, try to slow down what you're eating. And, you know, so you just get into this routine of like, you're so busy just grabbing food and, and on the run, you know, eating while you're in the car or while you're doing your work. And if it takes you going to the bathroom and doing some breathing strategies to just clear your head of everything that you're focused on and just pay attention to the food. I really believe that there is something to be said for those people who pray before they eat because they you know, say, I'm going to be thankful for what I'm about to eat and they focus on that. And that is what promotes digestion and metabolism. So oftentimes when I meet with people who are struggling with weight loss, it may be because they are, if they're eating on the run all the time, basically their body is saying, well, we don't have time to digest this. We're going to store this as fat while we get done all this other stuff that you're thinking about. So if you're struggling with weight loss, think about slowing down, putting the work down and eating mindfully as one means of you know, forcing this rest and digest to take place. Totally. So important. And like you said, you're not going to digest and absorb the nutrients if you're running around while you eat. So even if it's the healthiest meal in the world, you're not going to be getting all the nutrition out of it that you could if you're eating it stressed out and not really focusing versus taking a deep breath and stimulating that rest and digest. So I'm glad you mentioned that one. My next one is yoga and gentle movement. So I say gentle movement because exercise is a stressor in and of itself, especially cardio, hit, really high intensity exercise. So if you are really, really stressed out, you might want to avoid doing some really intense workouts, which I know seems like not really the right thing because it might be what you consider to be stress relief and, you know, how you get out all your tension and movement in and of itself is great. So slower movement, for instance, instead of doing like a hot yoga class, do a yin class or a gentle class or a restorative class. And that usually incorporates a lot of breathing, which again, stimulates the rest and digest. Gentle movement, uh, walking in nature, exposure to nature also helps with stress and anxiety. So you can get kind of a two-in-one with that one. Um, but yoga and movement in general can really help with stress and anxiety. Yes, I totally agree with you. Um, and then my very last one is one that we've talked about so many times, but just putting meditation or time to clear your head or journaling or some, some form of this type of mind um, clearing, you know, schedule, intentionally scheduling that into your days, whether it could be five days a week, or if not every single day, but just a few minutes to separate yourself from everything that's going on and just clear your head, maybe write down your feelings and your thoughts, or, you know, use a meditation app on the phone, um, you know, just something that, you know, forces you to just to separate from the world for a moment. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And my last one, I have so many, I could go on forever, but I'll just do one more um, because we have talked about it before and I think it is really important and it's easy and it's free is to stimulate your vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is that nerve that goes from your brain down to your GI tract. It's the biggest nerve and it can totally help with stress and anxiety. So the way that we stimulate this is through singing, 
breathing, through gargling. So if you gargle some like water, that kind of thing, humming, and then slow diaphragmatic breathing. So full breathing can help with that vagus nerve stimulation as well. So just wanted to mention that one. Yeah. And people can relate to that maybe because it, um, like if you think about chanting that mm. goes on during yoga, um, you know, those are, are intentionally put there because they, um, like you said, stimulate the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve is what is responsible for the parasympathetic system, which we already mentioned. So absolutely agree with those. Um, all right. Was there anything else that you wanted to add before we finish up? I don't think so. I mean, I think we did a pretty good job covering it. I think, you know, stress is so prevalent and it's the root cause of so many chronic diseases. So really prioritizing your stress management and taking time for yourself, practicing some self-care, managing your stress is not only going to help you, you know, in the, your day-to-day, -day, but it's going to help you in the future prevent chronic disease. So it really is such an important thing. Yes. So just as a quick rundown of the, the four or five things that we focused on today, number one, we talked about the gut microbiome and how important it is to promote the good, healthy bacteria that will release serotonin and dopamine. We also talked about specific foods that help your body create those uh, hormones and neurotransmitters. We talked about some lifestyle modifications that would promote a healthy circadian rhythm, also important for the gut microbiome, and then some techniques to, um, to promote the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic system, which is responsible for rest and digest. So those are the big topics we covered. Um, if you guys have any questions about anything that we talked about, we'd love to communicate with you guys and engage. So um, definitely stay in touch with us and um, we'll be back next time. Awesome. Thanks so much, Stacey. See you Thanks next time. Bye-bye.